0: Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi, this is Johnny and welcome to this Coach House Beacon. What do you pursue? Are you the kind of person who develops long-term goals and plans? Personally, my plans change with the seasons and I find it pretty hard to commit to just one goal or another. Most plans I pursue are short-term, a few mid-term, and one or two long-term. For example, in the past I did my intensive language teaching course in the short-term a month for the long-term goal of becoming a language teacher. Now I happen to do a lot of art projects in the short-term with a more long-term view to pursue a more creative career. Plans change, don't they? The fuel and energy source for our plans are our desires, what we love, what we want, And how we want to see ourselves and to be seen, and what we want to be remembered for. As desires change, plans also change naturally. As our knowledge about ourselves develops, we modify our plans as we realise that some of the things we planned to do weren't really for us. But this is all very existential, isn't it? I describe the plans we pursue as a means of self-discovery and self-betterment. In other words, what is the best career for me? What fits me based on my ever-growing knowledge, How can I fulfill my potential? This is all very modern. If you're from an older generation, it's likely that you slotted into a trade without much choice about it. If you're a little bit younger, you might have gotten a degree before they became really inflated and slightly worthless by themselves. There's a lot of graft, whatever course you chose. But it's become quite common to speak about a quarter life crisis for millennials, which is my age category, because you're immediately faced with a million choices. The narrative that you can become whatever you want, a complex job market and spiralling housing costs. None of this enables you to settle down and these issues bombard you the moment you leave university. But even if you're two quarters past a quarter life crisis, we all live in a diverse and very confusing world and we try to do it while living like Jesus. We try to figure out what things to pursue that are good and we make plans to try and make the best of life. I don't want to copy and paste a Bible verse as a cop-out for the daily struggle to find meaning, and yes, in this current context and time I'm willing to say that it is a daily struggle. Even so, the Bible offers us helpful ways to interrogate our ambitions and plans. It won't tell you what job to get, it might tell you what job not to get. It will help you to make sense of the world and give you peace when life feels meaningless. But it's not just a pity tonic either to make you feel better about yourself. When life is trash and out of control. Taken as a whole, it explains what genuinely meaningful and an eternally consequential life looks like, that we human beings can access every day in real time. But I don't have time to look at everything the Bible says, so go ahead and give it a read in your own time. However, I was reading 1 Timothy the other day, and it struck me that Paul the Apostle counsels Timothy, his young companion and a Christian leader, to pursue righteousness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. This sounds exactly like what you'd expect the Bible to say. No surprise there. But it's interesting because this advice comes in contrast to what other people, even church leaders, were doing. Many pursued material gain and just wanted to make bank, live a successful live a successful life. There's nothing wrong with having money or having ambitions, like with the plans I described earlier, but in order of preference, Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness take priority. Now, I ask you, are these things limited to a particular career? It's possible they prevent you from choosing a career, but mostly these things can be pursued anywhere. In fact, if you pursue them, you can pursue them if you don't have a career at all. The way you interact with people at home, work, or recreation can all be characterized by these attributes. So, does this mean? Aiming to live a boring, depressing, but righteous life without big material dreams or goals? Not really. However, despite what our culture tells us, we often end up in jobs or life situations we dislike and we can't immediately escape. So either we can say, let's put godly stuff on hold for a bit until the God inspired plans are available to us again and sweat out this boring and depressing season as fast as possible. Then wipe the sweat from your brow, breathe a sigh of relief and resume the God stuff when possible. Or, we let God produce these characteristics within us so that we can endure a rubbish season, recognising the ways he wants to work within us and use us while we inhabit an inconvenient situation. We are wherever we are for a reason, because God is always at work and he wants to shape us into the people we were always meant to be. If we miss, th- we miss this if we believe that we can only live meaningfully during seasons we enjoy. On top of that, we're all well aware that jobs or life situations we want often aren't exactly what we expect anyway. Even when we get what we want, we normally find that it's not perfectly suited to us and problems show up anyway. That's why, as we get older, we calibrate our hopes with our experience and knowledge. There is no materially perfect wonder path which satisfies our deepest needs even if you really, really enjoy a particular job or life situation. So how can we live rightly then? First of all, let's acknowledge that God is at work wherever you are, and he wants to work in you. Look at your situation. How can you pursue righteousness within it? Where are the gaps? Areas where you're not living for God by faith as you should. Secondly, if you dislike your situation, ask why you dislike it. Is it because your ambitions exclude God? Or are your expectations too materially focused? Is your happiness dependent upon your situation? Let God change your desires. As I said earlier, we pursue things based on our desires. If you see that God and his ways are the best thing that could ever happen to you, then you'll want to pursue righteousness and these other things. If you don't, it'll all be a duty-filled drack which will make you feel depressed. There's a place for dutifully pursuing righteousness, but if it's only ever a duty, it signals that we don't really know God or enjoy him. We'll run out of steam and give up if that's the case. You may sometimes love your friend or partner out of duty, but something's seriously wrong with the relationship if it's only ever a duty. Fourth, see the eternal perspective. Nothing we do for God is ever in vain. God never fails to see. And even if we don't accomplish much in material terms, living for God leads to an eternal reward. This is in addition to the fact that as we get to know God better and entrust our lives to him, we will enjoy him and his ways. As the passage in 1 Timothy warns a little bit earlier in 5 verse 10, some Christians had gone off track and ended up pursuing material things rather than God, which even then brought them a lot of heartache. It boils down to faith in God. Do you believe that living for God is ultimately rewarding? If we don't, we need to search him out and listen to him so that our perspectives are corrected before we abandon him for the sake of our own pursuits. I'm not in the place and place or the season that I want to be. I'm sure that with covid many many cancelled plans and stalled ambitions have come about. It's basically a truism at this point. I work in a job that I neutrally accept And it's a daily fight to see exactly how God wants wants to work in me while I remain in this position. I'm pursuing quite a different course in life, but I can't put life on hold for a year and just grit my teeth. My ambition to do a master's, for example, is fine, and I have some really big hopes and ideas. There is nothing wrong with that. I see ways God wants to work. For example, I see how I avoid taking responsibility for hard tasks or not disciplining children at school because I really hard work or letting my anxieties get the best of me instead of trusting God in high pressure, difficult situations. But these are areas where God is trying to lead me to trust him. And I'm sure there are areas in your life that are similar to that. That was my battleground. And I know that God is at work, is at work there. So I'd ask you to look and think, where is your battleground and what is God teaching you? Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are able to help us in every single situation. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you give us this counterintuitive message to pursue righteousness and pursue these characteristics which uh, lead to real and genuine change and lead to our hearts becoming in tune with yours so that we can live and have the resources to live in any situation. Please equip us during this difficult time and give us all that we need. Let us find everything we need in you and all our satisfaction in you and everything that is good in you and see how you are bringing things together where it's appropriate. I pray that you bless all of us as we seek to seek you out and to look to you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Coach House Beacons The Coach House Church Daily Devotional To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.